What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of New Orleans.Basketball and New Orleans.Network Podcast. As always, I am your host, Rafael Radler, joined by my very special middle brother, Gary G. Monterey. What's up with you, bro? What up, what up, bro? Everything's all good on this side, man. It's, it's beginning to feel like Christmas, beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You know, people <laughs> driving around with the, with, the, uh, with the Christmas tree on top of the car. It's like a tradition. Like, you, mm-hmm. you feel that, you see that, and it's like, all right. People are starting to get into that to that mode. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, you know, it's dad's birthday. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all get to feel all warm and special during these uh Christmas times. But uh bad man, it's on the sports side, it's all good. You know, the the NBA tournament, uh in season tournament is in full effect. Has mm-hmm. some great games we're gonna get into. About to get ready for another great game, hopefully, uh between the Pels and and, and the Lakers who won their game last night. So it's all good on this end, man. It's all good. How's everything on your side? Everything is blessed, like you said. Um, I am on daddy duty right now, so for any fathers mm-hmm. out there, say a prayer for your boy. But no, we getting through it, man. We getting through it. We got a lot of basketball to talk about. Basketball is back on TV again, more than two games a night and things like that. But yeah, let's get into this game. But before we do, make sure you guys follow us on X, on IG, on Twitter, on TikTok, or on on anything you follow from that perspective, that's no basketball, no e. Any social media you have, make sure you like the episode below. We see all the comments. We appreciate all the love. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. Keep coming with us. That's how, how we like to talk, and interact with everybody. So make sure you subscribe to New Orleans Basketball uh, before you leave this episode. So. Last time we talked, there was a game uh, between the Suns and the Lakers. Uh, it was a really good game, a lot of back and forth. It was some of the best players of all time going at each other. Kevin Durant went off, LeBron went off, AD went off, everybody was doing their thing. Devin Booker went off from that perspective, and you got what felt like a playoff game um, out of two, you know, two heavyweights in the West from that perspective. But sure enough. The game came down to a <laughs> single possession where somehow the Lakers got a timeout but didn't have the ball, didn't have possession. <laughs> I don't know, but somehow the Lakers are going to the final four of the inaugural season tournament somehow. I'm not going to say anything by it, but what did you take from that game? And now the Pelicans are going against, we talked about it, bad blood either way. But now you're going up against that purple and gold team from L.A. So what did you take from that game and leading into that game? Let's talk about this next one coming up. Yeah, I mean, the NBA released their last two-minute report earlier today and and, uh, doubled down on the fact that Austin Reeves apparently got the timeout. I mean, uh, had the ball pinned to his leg at the exact same time as LeBron called the timeout, which was a millisecond before – Austin Reeves lost the ball. But, hey, listen, it was a great game. Um, you know, if, if I'm Phoenix, I feel like it shouldn't have gotten down to that point. Um, you know, they had a couple opportunities to pull away. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't. Uh, you know, AD and his defensive presence. I think the Pelicans would have had a, a probably a better matchup 
with Phoenix because they just have no size at all, man. It is it is egregious how they just they're running out there with like Kevin Durant at the four, and then when he sits down, Drew Eubanks comes in, and it's just like they don't have any size, and and AD took super advantage of that. Um, and so listen, the Lakers, like like I said in the last pod, the LeBron is always gonna find a way. He's like what what like they know say I, I am inevitable, like he mm-hmm. is. He he is inevitable, and I mean, at at his old age, going into age 39, 40, year twenty one with a thirty point trip dub. I mean, with the game on the line, this guy is who he is, and so mm-hmm. um, he was able to pull it out at the end. And now the Pelicans have to face the ghosts of Pelicans past of AD and Drew. I mean, of, of AD and Jackson Hayes and the trade that uh, Brandon Ingram to the, to the Pelicans. I mean, it is, it is ripe with storylines. And so it should be a good one. Um, the Pels have two days off. The Lakers have one. So, you know, we'll see how that plays. You know, the Lakers are an older team. So we'll see how that goes going into this, uh, into the game, but I'm, I'm excited to get into it, man. And these potential matchups. Yeah. So last season, again, this will be the first time the, the Lakers and the Pelicans play each other this season. Last season, the Lakers had their number, um, including the one victory in L.A. that was sent to overtime by Matt Ryan himself, who is now a Pelican. That was the last time Zion played against the Lakers last season. They had their number. They were 3-1. and one. The year before, the Pelicans were 3-0. and oh. You know, and again, you talked about some of the, I don't want to call it like bad blood, but B.I. gets up every time he plays a certain team from L.A. and and Anthony Davis probably gets up every time he plays. It just so happens that LeBron and Anthony Davis are always healthy when it's time. <laughs> There's just a little something there. And so you talk about the storylines. You bring up the one AD playing an elimination, elimination game against his, his old team. Same with B.I. from that perspective. But then you got kind of like the Zion, LeBron type hype in terms of Zion being the most hyped player since LeBron coming out of high school and things like that. So there's so many storylines from that perspective. And you and I talked about it, like what it sets up to be in terms of the Pelicans finally all being all healthy and playing against that team, you know, from LA that there's just so many connections with. So let's get into the matchup. So, so far, you know, this season, the Lakers have been playing well. Um, they've had a lot of people out. You know, Jared Vanderbilt's back in the lineup and things like that. But they've had some role players out. They've been playing well. But their calling card, and has been their calling card, is their defense. Like, they're not a super fast team. They're not a super athletic team. But they're, to your point, they're tall and they're big. They've got, I mean, we talk about the lack of seven-footers on the Pelicans roster. <laughs> They've got, like, six seven-footers between <laughs> Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes and Andy. Day. Like, they have so many tall players on their roster. They just beat other teams up, right? Like, they, they just pack the paint and destroy you from the inside out. They're the last team in the NBA in terms of three-point shots taken and second-to-last and three-point shots made. So they are not living at the three-point line like that. So I expect – a super physical matchup between the Pelicans and Lakers going into that game. What are some of the matchups you highlight and you look at and say, okay, this may be in the Pelicans favor and this is something they're going to have to guard against. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a physical game. I mean, that could, that could bode well for the Pelicans, but we've also seen, you know, that it could bode not well when you play in this particular (laughs) team, Um, you know, especially, in, in, in close games, 
Um, you know, with the with the the, the referees, you know, a couple of years ago when or it might have been last year in that LeBron uh the Lakers Celtics game when LeBron was obviously fouled, they missed the, mm-hmm. the call and the Celtics went on to win that game. And then like the night after or the day after, uh the refs tweeted out that they have a lot of sleepless nights because mm-hmm. of missed calls on Le- on LeBron. And so, you know, it it, it can parry the way because like you know, like so many people have spoken about, like the national media is now watching the Pelicans. They've talked about the physicality. They've talked about not backing down. And, you know, the Pelicans like to play that kind of game, right, where they muck it up and, you know, you have guys like Najee and JV who could do Zion, who could do some of that contact stuff. Um, and so, you know, they they want that smoke, right, Jose Alvarado. They want that mm-hmm. smoke. They're taking charges and things. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the Pels do want to play that. One of the things that I'm concerned, and I tweeted about it yesterday, um, uh, a concern in this matchup is going to be the pick and roll um, between AD and LeBron um, mm-hmm. and what that means for for, for JV uh, and what that means for, like, how much stress is going to put on Herb Jones because I assume that Herb is going to have the LeBron matchup. And so if LeBron and, – and it's not so much as, obviously, AD being an athletic center, which might be a problem, which probably will be a problem – for JV, but it's more so LeBron and his mm-hmm. manipulation of the of the pick and roll and getting down uh downhill and Herb having to deal with that by himself. And if JV steps up and is if he's playing drop coverage, um, you know, what does that do for the lob threat behind him? And it's just a lot of mismatches that you can see um in that pick and roll. However, I do think the Pelicans have a significant advantage if they play with pace, if they play with speed, if they, I'm talking about made baskets, missed baskets, free throws, whatever, get the ball down, down the floor and run this team who, you know, for as great as LeBron is and some of the incredible things he's doing, the guy's 38 years old and he's coming mm-hmm. off of a, of a late night game against, you know, a really tough opponent where it was really physical and he had to play like, I think he played 40 plus minutes in that game. And so, you know, you want to make sure you want to test that out, right? Run up and down the floor. Um, and, and listen, as important as this game is for franchises, LeBron's legacy is not going to be defined Mm -hmm. in a, in an in-season tournament. Mm -hmm. And so you wonder about the, if you get, if you get up to a high enough lead, you know, will LeBron start to say, well, look, I'm not going to push this for an in-season tournament game that we're down 13, 14, when the regular season is right on the other side, he is focused on. Uh, you know, more things. And so I think the Pelicans have a significant advantage uh, in, in a fast break, running up and down the floor. Um, and I think if, if, if Zion, you know, can, can get downhill and, and attack AD um, and take away some of those angles, I think he he's in for a good night. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple things there. So first off, you talked about her being by himself on LeBron or JV by being by himself on AD. This is the biggest area, and this is what I'm looking for because, again, in the playoffs, if you let somebody go one-on-one, it is over for you, a la Che Gildress Alexander last year in the play-in tournament. Just sit Herb out there by himself, and he went off, right? So the Pelicans, what you've seen at different times throughout the season is them take the ball out of best players' hands, and then you've seen them at the end of games not do that, right? And so I look at this Lakers team, and while they've been playing well as a unit and as a collective, outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, their third leading scorer is D'Angelo Russell. 
if you can make sure that LeBron and AD, they get theirs, but they don't make sure everybody else gets theirs, I think the Pelicans can kill this team with depth. Right, like the 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 Lakers come off the bench with a bunch of tall guys. We talk about Jackson Hayes, you know, uh Cam Reddish, we talk about Rui Hachimura, things like that. Jam- but the, exactly, but the bench that the Pelicans has that you just saw in the game before, that's the equalizer here for this team, right? Like there's so many threats on that starting five, but really we talk about it when you just keep it getting hit with different waves and types of players, whether it's annoying players, whether it's defensive locks, whether it's three-point snipers that just keep coming at you in different ways. I think that's a differentiator for this team. You mentioned, secondly, the Jonas Valanciunas pick and roll. You mentioned the the Anthony Davis pick and roll. I'm a little terrified here. I'm not going to lie to you. So I don't know if you, you double Anthony Davis. I don't know what you do there. Drop coverage. Make him a shooter. Like, he's only shooting 27% from three this year. He's not making very many jump shots as well. He's living in the paint and living at the goal and deterring on the other end. So really, you've just got to live. If he's going to shoot jump shots, I would live with that because you still pick your poison type thing with him. He's one of the best players in the NBA. It's going to happen like that. So so what are your thoughts and what are, what are your ideas of the ways they can neutralize that but also have an advantage in this game and ultimately push forward? Yeah, I, the, the pick and roll thing is is going to be an issue, not even because of how, you know, JV guards it and, and putting Herb and a lot of stress on him, but, like, what happens if JV gets in foul trouble, right? Like, then you have a situation where you're going out there with you, – you can't put any small – players out there because Mr. Zeller, you know, Larry Nance is gone. EJ Liddell is not playing. So like now you're looking at Cody Zeller and God bless him, right? Like he has played admiral at times, but I don't know if you want him the one guarding pick and rolls uh, with AD and Cody Zeller. Um, I mean, with AD and LeBron, I don't think you want Cody Zeller out there playing it. And then also, even if you try like the Zion at five, which I think we'll see, right? We'll see Zion mm-hmm. at five mm-hmm. um, at the five. Like, what does that do for Zion in foul trouble or Zion having to rotate and metering out things when you don't have rim protection to start the game out? Now, they can figure that out. They can figure that out. They can problem solve. Again, they can double the uh, the pick and roll, blitz the pick and roll, um, and make the other guys around, the Jared Vanderbilt, D'Lo, uh, Austin Reeves, make those guys beat you. Um, but then you 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 run the, the risk of that happening. And so that goes into um, really, I think it, it boils down to three things for me. So here are my three things that I think, you know, w- it'll come down to for the Pelicans to get a win. The first is going to be that tertiary player. Right. I think when you talk about LeBron and AD, you talk about Zion and Brandon Ingram, even if let's say they play each other to a standstill. OK, it's going to be. Are you going? Is it going to be Austin Reeves or CJ McCollum that's going to have that third scoring big night, right? That that guy that's going to mm-hmm. carry the momentum for that night, right? Or 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 maybe Trey Murphy or or JV. One that or tertiary Joe. player or, or her, right? Or her. That tertiary player has to be better than the Lakers tertiary player, which is probably going to be Austin Reeves. So that whoever that third guy is, it may be a combination of all those guys, but they have to outplay that third player. The second thing is that the the best player on the floor has to be from the Pelicans. If LeBron is the best player on the floor, 
it's probably not going to be a good night for 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 the Pelicans or if AD's the best player because I think that their their greatness if they're the best player on the floor they're affecting game in the game in a lot of different ways it's not just them scoring it's not just them if they're the best player on the floor it's because they're getting rebounds they're playing defense in the in the case of Anthony Davis or if it's LeBron he's going for a 30 point triple double and things and so I think that the best player on the floor we have to be watching the game and saying Zion is absolutely dominating this game or Brandon Ingram is absolutely dominating this game for in order for the Pelicans to 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 feel comfortable going into the win and then lastly like you said I think it's the bench I think the second line has to be better than the guys are, that the Lakers are coming out. We've seen Lakers games have, you know, the, some of these guys come in and it, and all it takes is for like one or two of their guys to give them a supplemental, uh, you know, a supplemental night and they, they can win because of LeBron and AD's greatness. And so I think that, you know, one of the guys off the bench has to be, you know, the igniter. They have to be the, the the additional scoring punch um and mm -hmm. they have to be the the leaders of, of the bench unit it can't be the Lakers so if all three of those things those are the three things for me outside of the JV pick and roll just <laughs> don't fall out JV don't get in foul trouble just I don't even want to think about that just don't get in foul trouble um I think if they can they can get ahead a handle on those three points um they should be in, in good shape I have one key to this game, and maybe I'm oversimplifying, but I don't think I am. Play to your identity. When the Pelicans play like the scrappier, the hungrier, the more athletic, the cockier, the energetic team that they are, they are a hard-ass team to beat. If they play to those strengths and they move the ball offensively, like we've been talking about it, Ever since they had that team meeting, they clicked and B.I. and Zion are vibing like that. The biggest thing is that they're connected on both sides of the floor. They're talking to one another. They're rotating. They're helping each other on the offensive end. Nobody's forcing it over and over and over. You make a mistake one possession. You don't come back the next possession try to get it back. You make the right basketball play because you have five guys on the court who can attack and can make an advantage based off their situation. When the Pelicans play like that, I don't know if there's a lot of teams that can beat them. But, again, to your point, you're play, playing against two of the best players in the NBA, right? They're so, going to try to yeah. take you out your game. Go ahead. No, so I, I got a question for you because this goes into playing into your style. So let me ask you this. End of the game, game is tight. Who do you who do you think has the coaching, the coaching, uh, you know, the coaching missed uh, advantage between Darvin Ham and Willie Green? Like, who who do you think has – who would you trust more at the end of the game? Because both of them have had have their, their flaws, right? You hear Laker mm -hmm. fans talking about some of the things that Darvin Ham does that they don't like, right? And then, obviously, Willie Green, we talk about some of the things that Willie Green does, um, has worked in, in recent games, but sometimes doesn't work. So who do you trust more out of Darvin Ham and Willie Green at the end of the game? Well, it depends – are we talking rotation? Are we talking a set? Are we talking a defensive? To, uh, to win a game. Just to win so, a game. All that. All that's in there. I'm going to take the cop-out answer. 
neither one of those players matter. Because if the game is on the line, it doesn't matter who the coach is. Either LeBron James is going to have the ball in his hand and he's going to make the decision, or Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson or CJ McCollum is going to have the ball in his hand and they are going to make the decision. So if it comes down to one possession, I'm excluding the coach. If it comes down to the entire game and who's able to mess chess piece for chess piece, I don't know. I don't have it. I haven't seen necessarily Willie Green make an adjustment in a do or die situation. That's like that's the adjustment that helped them win the game. And again, not to his fault, he hasn't had too many opportunities. His only one was versus Suns, and he didn't have his best player that game. So like, I can't. I can't. You know, that series, I can't necessarily fault him from that that description. But to your point, like we've seen throughout different games and throughout different, you know, tight matchups where Willie Green has gone with what he trusted versus maybe what the game called for. And if that presents itself to, to again, this game, it's going to be interesting to see, to see if he's grown in season three to say, hey, this game calls for more shooting, more force, more floor spacing. So I've got to take out the guys that I, I trust and I know. We shall see. So to be honest with you, bro, I – it's a dead even split. Nobody's proven to me either way that they've got the chops to win in that scenario. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's an honest answer, and I'm 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 okay with that answer. I think I think you know Willie Green, to his credit, has done things this season that even you and I have disagreed with, and sometimes it worked, right? Like we all called for Jordan Hawkins. Obviously, Jordan Hawkins wasn't ready for that game. Najee Jose. Rode the game out, and he did. You know, they they saved the game for the Pelicans, right? Another guy, Dyson Daniels, right? I think Dyson will have to see a lot of minutes in this game personally because of LeBron's pressure and the propensity of for Herb to get in foul trouble because he has to guard the best guy mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, and it's just difficult to do that in the NBA. So I think you're gonna have to you're gonna see some Dyson. But I I agree with you. I think it's gonna be interesting to see like if Jose doesn't have the two threes in the first quarter um you know and then he gets hunted in a on a against a team that is really tall and you know and has a lot of length you know do you go with Dyson Daniels early or do you does Jordan Hawkins see the floor uh to kind of space the floor to get some space in with all of these defensive goons on the floor uh for the Lakers and so it's going to be interesting to see his chess pieces. I think I I, I I asked you that because it seems like both of these coaches, like just like the, the 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 Pelicans, obviously are a young team and have something to prove. Like both of these coaches have things to prove to their franchises, right? Like obviously this isn't the the biggest stakes of all. Mm-hmm. Like this is all eyes will be on on you, and you have to you have to win this game for your your team. Both teams feel like they have the advantage. Like LeBron and AD, I'm sure they feel like they have the advantage. Zion and Brandon Ingram and the depth advantage, I'm sure they feel like they have the advantage. So, you know, it'll be very interesting to see which one of these coaches makes the move, makes the chess move, makes the maybe the move that they aren't used to making um, in a game with with stakes uh, in December. Uh, Are you willing to make that move and are you willing to get uncomfortable or maybe do something out of the ordinary uh, in order to give your team that spark or to continue to keep your team rolling? Right. The the thing that you touch on before we get out of here that – is very, very cognizant to see. You're going to be in Vegas for the first inaugural in-season tournament. The You are going to be playing against the team that everybody probably wants to win and wants to see in the finals. 
you're probably not going to get the calls. They're probably going to, the fans are probably going to be against you. It's probably, you're probably going to be in an underdog situation. How do you keep your composure? We've seen versus the Warriors at times. We've seen versus the Suns at times where sometimes the game has gotten to be not the game, not the most important thing, and it's turned into the emotions. And that's how veteran teams get in your head of young players, right? But again, in the first game, that kind of started trickle with, with Lyles throwing fake punches uh, to JV. and you a physical saw the taunt. It's a physical taunt. You a saw the Pelicans be the more mature team in that scenario. I'm sure this is going to be a testy game. Who's able to stay in it and keep keep the main thing the main thing? I think there's going to be a critical component as we look into this game. So tomorrow night is the game. It will be an exciting one. I'm sure the entire NBA world will be paying attention. And it's a great opportunity for, like you said, some people who really haven't made their name or or really put stakes in the ground. If we are here, it's an opportunity for the Pelicans to do that. So what you got left for the people, Gary? As always, you never know what people are going through. So give someone a smile today. Uh, it should be it should be a, a, a huge game. It should be a, a fun atmosphere. I'm sure it's going to be a pro Lakers fan. I mean, a pro Lakers crowd. Um, but look, the Pelicans, this is where you forge yourself, right? On the road in an unusual environment, uh, on a neutral site, like go in there and, and take it, right? Like they're, they're not going to give it to you, right? You've, you've got the, the shadow of AD, the shadow of LeBron over this entire game. Like go in there and take it, Um and, and, and put the world on notice that, you know, this isn't the, the same old Pelicans that you're used to. So um, if, if Zion is ever to have a game, this would, <laughs> this would be the one to have it. So, Great time to do um, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, as always, follow myself on Twitter and X at Garrick underscore Rattler. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler. Follow the page at N-O basketball, no E. Um, on, on Instagram and wherever you find your social medias. Most importantly, subscribe to New Orleans.basketball, and we'll see you guys next time.